And we're rolling. Excellent. And we're up and running. Welcome into Inscripted. This is Tim Lindsay. We've got Aaron McLaughlin and we have Chad Dorman joining us from Leonard Andrew Consulting. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, COVID. We're going to talk about uh, college admissions. We're going to talk about student athletes. And we're going to talk about uh, the fact that Chad and I are nervous that the rest of today might not be enough time to talk about all the things we're going to talk about, but we're going to welcome in anyway. Chad, thank okay. you for joining us. Um, we both as parents of short people, even though our short people are getting taller than us, uh, yeah. we have questions as we are raising student athletes. Um, and um, I guess first and foremost, we'd love to find out how did you land in this? Uh, what, what drew you into this industry? And um, mm -hmm. Bring us up to speed on you. Like, what is your, what's your background? Where did you grow your up? Story. And what, did, yeah. Uh, talk, talk about where you went to school. Talk about, um, you know, what you played for sports and how this became uh, a passion for you. I went to Norton Elementary School. We'll start way back. No. Love it. Um, yeah. Do it. Go ahead. There'll be a quiz at the end, kids. Yeah. Tim, Aaron, thank you guys for having me. And, and my story is kind of all over the place. It's a winding one, but. It's one that certainly I, I wouldn't trade for anything uh, on the one hand. And on the other hand, pretty much every stop that I had along the way created LAC, created this kind of network and this ecosystem, this machine that we have in place now. And mm. um, it's, it's kind of funny uh, how organic and, and how well everything fit together in the end or at current. But um, <laughs> I uh, kind of a teacher my whole life in education, my whole life. I'm the oldest of four. Time to came with the territory, you know, mm. um, oh, and, and the youngest in our family is a 10 year difference uh, from, from myself yeah. and I. So, so my, my little, a lot of, a lot of helping. Lot so of your parents lifting. are maniacs, keep going. Yep. No, <laughs> God, I love them. God bless them. Um, <laughs> I don't think- 10 years spread, they're patient. <laughs> they were very calculated, actually. Incredibly calculated. There's like two and a half to three and a half years between each of us. Oh, um, yes. wow. So, that's so I don't know freshman to senior freshman to senior like, yes so like mom and dad if you see this you guys can confirm whether or not you had it like calculated and drawn yeah. out like all right here we go but that's uh <laughs> it's go time they're like honey when we talk to Chad use the word calculated because he gave us credit yeah <laughs> so awesome. always was in that world um played sports growing up uh played hockey played baseball um, tried a bunch of different things actually growing up and, and ended up going to a prep school, going to a boarding school. Um, the gun school in Washington, Connecticut, loved it. Um, traditional boarding school. Uh, I repeated my junior year there. So I had a nice solid two years to really get in, understand what the experience was all about, learn kind of what life was independently on your own and being challenged academically, being challenged with the athletics. And it was such a, a kick in the pants for me mm. that it really helped me to not only take these next steps in my own life, even a conversation much like this, I, I was in a shell. I would have never been able to, to speak up and, and communicate even as simple as this seems. Um, but the other thing was, is I, I loved it so much that I was like, that's what I want to do. That's, that's where oh, I need to be. Awesome. That's, that's my world. And so yeah. Uh, you know, as a, as a high school student to kind of have that realization, sure, didn't know what it was going to be. Coach, dorm parent, teach, at prep school, <laughs> kind of all of the above, right? Mm. They, they kind of check all the boxes. No but privacy that was some... ever again. N no, certainly not. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, a, 
yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. God bless all of them as well, while we're just handing out blessings. Um, and I was like, that you know, that was kind of it. And went to college, went to University of Vermont. Um, was a hockey player, got hurt, so I, I couldn't play past my senior year of high school anyway, mm. which was uh, a gift and a curse. Ended up working around the hockey teams. Ended up doing a lot with communications. Uh, the the school had a, a television channel. And just kind of on the one hand, from a sports aspect, always stayed close that way. Mm-hmm. And on the education side, I majored in education and minored in English and writing and creative writing and all that stuff. So that was always the path. After that, and then I, I made the comment about you being in Concord. I went to law school at Franklin Pierce Law Center, okay. which, which is now the University of New Hampshire. Yes. Yeah. Um, I went for a year. Yeah, was more than enough. I actually saw uh, an old law school friend of mine just the other day. But um, it was, uh, I mean, one L year, you're running the gauntlet. And uh, what I knew very quickly was, holy, I'm not going to swear on the podcast. I don't know if I can or not, you, but holy crap. You, this you can whack the puck around the boards. It's fine. We'll probably swear <laughs> okay. at the end for sure. Okay, great. Just for good um, you're just words. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't think this was for me. And, and, yeah. and really because I went from Shakespeare and... <laughs> doing those types of English papers to mm. reading Clifford, the big red dog and teaching little guys and girls how to write in cursive, sure. which is out the window now anyway. Um, so then to jump to Civ Pro and torts and all that stuff, it was like, you know, Frogger, just running out into the highway <laughs> and, and trying not to get splatted. Um, at the end of that, that one L year, cause you have an advisor and they were very polite, but it also was kind of pulled the rug out from under me. And it was like, all right, we don't think this is for you. Mm. Um, wow. You know, and, and again, very polite. And it wasn't like you're done here. See ya. But it was yeah. go home this summer, think about it, see if this is really what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and I have no problem saying it because again, it all runs into the bigger picture. But of the nine grades, I think we got that year. It was like B's and C's, which was meh. But I got one A in, in like the public speaking course when you'd be talking to, uh, a jury you'd be talking to the judges you'd be talking to other lawyers and that whole mock situation so mm. I was like all right well that was uh that was an experience um came, <laughs> I'm good at talking yeah came, came welcome back to, yeah right yeah um which works for podcasts and works for you know yeah. what I do now and speaking yep. with schools and kids and all that it, it really that part flowed into it and it's surprising to me too how much of the contractual stuff how much of the the nuance to the legalities of things actually come in in the day to day where I'll, I'll ping my, you know, ping my memory banks and be like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have an actual lawyer. I'll have my brother who's a lawyer check it and go, yeah, you did this right. Or no, this sucks. Let's do this again. Yeah. <laughs> you can't send this out to anyone the way it right. looks right now. Please. What don't size orange that. jumpsuit would you like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, bounce out of there. Um, came back home. I had a, a connection to uh, a, a tremendous job working in, in a corporate landscape. Um, and what was at one point going to be an internship was like the legal side of things. Mm. They were like, hey, well, that didn't pan out. We would still like to have you on hand, on staff. You'll get to learn. They plugged me right in. Awesome. Here you go. So I, I worked in a corporate lens for a couple of years, corporate world, kind of got MBA without being an MBA, kind of that real world training, real world sure. experience, put yeah. 
I'll, you know, coming, you know, my, my, my business acumen was about the size of my pinky at the yep. time. Yep. And to plug in there, it was like, all right, holy shit, here you go. Mm. So again, just another layer of learning. It's kind of like compounded interest. It was just compounding knowledge on me as, as I went. A um, couple years into that, I was like, awesome, but I still wanted to do education. Went out to uh, Kansas City, Missouri. I worked at a private school out there. Okay, uh, private school. I'm like, what brings you? Yeah, yeah. that's sort of random. Like Cause, cause that barbecue, that, that, Aaron. Barbecue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> that little nugget of um, the, just just the knowledge that at a young age, knowing that education and working with people and teaching was something that you know I was I loved it. I was good mm-hmm. at it. it was. It was, it was kind of a gift in that way to understand what the passion was that I had and then being able to apply that. Because I mean, really we're teaching all day, every day. Even if you're you yeah. know, showing someone a house, you're, you're teaching them nuances of, of how to go through that process. And so yeah. this was in the formal set. It was like that itch of, I gotta, I gotta get back there. I gotta get back to teaching. I gotta get back into that world. Applied to a, a few different private schools and Kansas City was the one that was like, it's just, it was different. You know, granted, it wasn't Florida or Colorado or California or some of the other places that mm-hmm. popped up their heads during that process. Um, but KC was one that at the time uh, on day one was like, wow, at 24, 25 years old, this is a place where I could learn and grow. I think the median age of that city was and still is like 26 years old, yeah. something like that. Mm. Um, so it was cool. Worked, got to connect a lot with uh, Kansas City Chiefs administrators, players, um, Royals administrators, players who had their young ones in the school. Uh, I worked in basically what what this all again compounds onto. I taught uh, English to fifth grade and then I taught public speaking to the high school students. And so then did that for a while. Had a, uh, the the short version, what I'll say is I had a health scare, came back home, um, that, company actually was like we didn't want you to leave in the first place welcome back come on yeah. and within just a couple of years i was like I wanted to do something on my own you know it had that little bit of an itch i always looked at it with the health scare in mind with just everything that i was learning and young enough where it's like if if i don't try it you don't know what it's going to be right if, mm-hmm. if you don't ask the answer is always no mm-hmm. and um i had my my younger brother was uh, applying to colleges at the time and as he was or probably even a couple years before that one to two years even before that and had some questions and and was a hard-working student who you know every year had gotten better and better and better was a great football player who for whatever reason just didn't get the exposure or the visibility that he was looking for on both sides of the spectrum right so on on the football side if you know, he was just a tick off, a hair off being the height that they were looking for, uh, a pound off of the weight that they were looking for. (laughs) Quite literally, they would kind of move past him if they only saw him on paper, right? If if it was just apples to apples, uh, uh, first name, last name compared to a thousand others, certain coaches or programs would be looking for those things. And if you didn't meet meet that box and check off those criteria, eh, they move along. On the academic side, again, he was a guy that, that worked his butt off, mm. um, super proud of himself. I'm super proud of him. And, and, you know, again, hope he sees this, but he was a guy that, you know, early in his career, 
um, struggled with some things and was able to work and, and really challenge himself, get organized, find what his passions were academically. But then colleges kind of missed the boat. They, they were kind of half in, half out, weren't sure where he wanted to go, et cetera. Was able to put the two together and without knowing it at the time, he really was my first client uh, yeah. of LAC however many years ago. And uh, in the end of that, he, he ended up getting offers from four or five different schools. He ended up going to a, a school that he loved and then he went off on his own path and, and did his own thing. And fast forward a year or two, even after that in 2013, officially put pen to paper, generated the LLC, put it all together and said, you know, let's do it. This is a passion project. It was something that, again, all of those parts and pieces mm-hmm. move as they might. They all yeah. came together where it was like, if, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. And, sure. and it all has kind of created this ecosystem and this machine of not just me and the folks that work with me, but now really a whole network of folks and professionals in the education space and the training space and the athletic recruiting space yeah. that all come together to help students and families optimize the whole process. And it's, it's been, sometimes it's hard for me to even keep up with it because we go through changes even during COVID, even during last year, we're, we're changing and adding things to our, our scope of services and, and adding the way in which we communicate and connect with coaches. It's like every two, three months, something new is added on right. in a positive and, and really awesome progression. And hopefully I can just, we can just keep doing that over the next few months and years. Yeah. So well, my brother-in-law is a professional coach and my husband mm-hmm. played um, college football. Mm-hmm. And um, we, so we talk a lot about this all the time, just the sort of the process. I was not a college athlete. I played sports through high school, but um, didn't play in college. And so the things that they, my husband experienced, right? Like getting recruited to play football, um, And then now it's 20 years later, the way that industry has changed, Mm. right? The way that players are identified and the relationships that need to be in your world. Um, You could be a really talented athlete if your coaches don't necessarily, your teachers don't have the right relationships. Mm. People might not even know that you exist, right? So you might not get the same level of opportunity. Um, So it's, pretty neat how your winding road brought you to this place where you're um, part of this journey for kids. So how many kids have you placed like over the years? Oh boy. Um, we didn't that, tell him it'd be math, but go ahead. I know. Math test, go. In some way, shape or form. So whether it's soup and yeah. nuts, the whole, the whole process from a junior through senior year, some cases, maybe we're just doing interviews or just doing uh, setting up coordinating of their yeah. unofficial official visits, things like that. It's around, it's, it's over 700. So it's about a wow. hundred. We, we average now between a hundred and 125, 130 students in a year. Um, just amazing. to make sure that they're, you know, checking off all the boxes. So sure. I would say on average, and I don't know the exact number, but it's, it's between, it's probably closer to 800. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I was an SAT tutor, like 
years ago and I tutored like a few kids on their SATs and I thought it was like the best thing in the world. I'm like, I got these four kids to get their scores higher, right? Like I can't even imagine. Chad's got a bus of 800. He's like, hold my beer. Yeah, seriously. 800 kids. Yeah. I, I think I, you know, you know what helps my numbers though a little bit or our numbers a little bit over time is, and you heard me say that some of the 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 growth and development and mm. kind of this created or lack thereof path is something I never anticipated seven years ago, which was at that time it would be reaching out mm. to coaches, to schools, advocating for these players and their parents. And there, especially seven years ago, there was this stigma to, oh, uh, this guy, LAC or whomever it was, pick, pick mm. even a coach sometimes. It was you know, he's, he's basically selling something or he's just going to give me a disc or, you know, back then or a link with some huddle highlights. And it's the same old stuff I can get online. Yeah. We don't need that. But in time, the coaches realized that even when it was just me, it was, look, I'm trying to do the right thing for these young folks to make sure that they're not just going to any fly-by-night school. I'm not just, you know, throwing spaghetti at all and seeing what sticks. It's, right. it's a place that really fits them. For all of these reasons, yeah, we didn't just pick you because you're on Saturday afternoons and he goes, oh, I want to go to there because of that. We've done our homework, coach. We've checked off all these boxes. We've gone upside down, backwards, left, right, center, you name it. We have every angle covered except the connection for you to our student, which, oh, by the way, I'm giving the student all the tools, all the utility here she needs in order to do that and optimize that process. But I'm not going to do it for them. I've already gone to college. I don't, I don't need to do that again. So when the coaches started to pick up on that and kind of the understanding or call it even the brand, if you will, that Mm. LAC was working with guys and girls who, who really wanted to push themselves, do it the right way and be good people as a whole student side, athlete side, just being a good person and really, you know, put value into the campus and into the community and into the program all of a sudden that shifted where then two things started to happen. The college coaches then started to connect with us. You know, the first year they were, meh, forget it. We don't need to talk to you. A couple years later, yeah, we it was, got this. We got hey, this. Yeah. We, we just had a, a wide receiver that tore up his ACL. He's going to be a, a red shirt, you know, for, for his injury. Do you have wide receivers? Um, we need some left wings. We need some goalies. We need some keepers for soccer. So then that was a shift, a big time shift. And then, just in the last three, four years, we started connecting with high schools to where then, and that's why I say the numbers get a little easier, where I'm not just talking one-to-one with a student, but now we're able to work with entire schools. So yeah. entire football teams, maybe not all X number, you know, 40, 50, 60 guys come on board at once, but we're able to connect and communicate and yeah. we're there as a resource, which works out perfectly in the world we're in now, even pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, and, and I don't think it's happened in New Hampshire or Connecticut all that much, but there are a lot of states and a lot of locations where schools, public schools in particular, are getting to a place where they're questioning their budgets. And it's like, well, what do we cut out? Um, right. We'll cut out, we'll cut out art, we'll cut out music, we'll cut out parts of STEM. Ah, oh, that's unfortunate, but we got to do it. And a big thing that was getting cut out was the, the, the college counseling and the guidance counseling. Mm. And so we figured a way to where with schools that as our brand has grown, as our name has grown, 
as I've even made phone calls and connected with schools to where they're like, hey, we'll just white label you guys under our program or under our school, excuse me. And we'll allow that layer of connectivity as not a stand-in, certainly not, but as a supplement and as, again, just ultimately as a resource to where, hey, you got questions, we have answers. And so that's where the, the number definitely shifts when you when you throw that into the mix. Yeah, I, and I, I want to go deeper into like your process. And I know we don't have enough time for your whole process, but to have you highlight your process. What's fascinating is, is if you think about, you know, because uh, every, everybody's kid is Hercules. Like as soon as they start playing sports, like my kid's going pro, right? Like, yep. my, and I joke, my wife is a dance mom. She's like on the sideline with the eye black at all the <laughs> lacrosse games, you know, dipping Kodiak. I'm in the car watching Netflix. It's a longer story. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. That aside, That's, um, well, now with COVID, night right now. <laughs> now with COVID, you can only typically have one parent yeah. in the facility or even right. at the field, or none. Even open air or none. Right. right. So, so with that being said, the, the drop-off has to be precipitous from the kids that go from junior league through high school to college. Like, you know, a lot of kids that finished their senior year, which was heartbreaking this year to watch a lot of kids get ripped, you know, out of spring sports in their senior year. That's the last time they'll play organized sports. Right. Correct. And then, and then the kids that do get invited or walk on or get scholarship, God bless them into the universities and then to go pro after that. So what do you feel is the biggest misconception that you're seeing with even the student athlete or the parents that endeavor to have their kid be, you know, playing on Sundays eventually? Well, I think what that boils down to is just the understanding that student athlete is student first mm. and student as athlete. And then kind of, as I said before, as person, it's, it's your quality of life. And sometimes 14, 15, 16, they, they may not wrap their heads around that, mm-hmm. but they know what they like. They, they know what they're passionate about. They know what makes them tick. And sure, sometimes being on the field or being on the ice or the court is, is what makes them tick. But we're, to answer your question in a few different ways, first and foremost, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of chip away at expectations and do it in such a way where it's like, hey, man, hey, lady, you're not going to be walking on the court at Cameron Indoor anytime soon <laughs> because of X, Y, and Z. But here's the places where we and, and, and ultimately working with them so that you're giving them the power, you're giving them the understanding, yeah. you're giving them all the information that they need to where you're not poo-pooing it per se, but they go, oh shit, yeah, that's why, why this does work for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's as simple as in, in that kind of comparison mode, it's, it's as simple as, you know, here's the guys or girls in your conference or in your league that you're playing against on a regular basis. It's nothing against you, but let's look at the bigger picture now. And you go from the puddle to the little pool, the pool to the pond, yeah. the pond to the lake, the lake to the ocean. And when you start to show them that, and it's, again, none of it, it, it sounds almost haphazard the way I say it, but it's not to be negative. It's, it's constructive in the sense of to move past some of those while it's bittersweet, mm. it's allowing you as the athlete to focus on the places that mean the most to you. Knowing that if I get to play basketball, great. If I'm going to get a great education, that's even better. And here's why, because you can go focus on engineering, because you can go focus on whatever, because your grandparents are down in the Carolinas and now you get to be near them and and see them on occasion. So, you know, it's, it's kind of this uh, delicate dance of giving them the understanding of sure what life is like, 
-hmm. but then working hard to paint a picture of what the next steps are and can be, and then allowing them to really take hold of, of their passions of who they are of, and it's tough sometimes with guys and girls that age, but to have them recognize this is who I am. This is what makes me work outside of sports and boom, off they go. And, and when we work as closely as we do with these students, we're able to then really build a relationship with them so that there is a confidence and a comfort. Mm. So you can have those really tough discussions, those ones that are critiquing different things, yeah. those ones that are saying, hey, and I'll never say no, right? Even, even with a student who's, who's not an athlete, someone who just wants to apply to Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Stanford, yeah. whatever, you know, it's, if that's what you absolutely want to do, you're driving the ship. Like I, you heard me say before, I went to college, you're driving the ship. We will do everything in our power to give you the keys to get you there. Yeah. So long as you have all of these other places that are just as fantastic for you. Yeah. And we want it to be a good problem to have, good problem to have, meaning right. we want right. you to get into four of these and then you go, oh shit, now I got to make a choice. Yeah. Now yeah. you got to pick one. Yeah. Worst problem <laughs> now, ever. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like, oh, what? And of course with the pandemic then it's like, well, I didn't get to see it yet. So, hmm. yeah. um, but it's it, it, working with, you know, hundred to 120, 130 students in a year, really allows me and us to, to start to build a layer of connectivity with some of these students right. and, and these families to where, I mean, even on the, between now and tonight, I'll probably get, I don't know, 10 to 12 text messages from different students, right. everything from, Hey, I, I worked on that essay we talked about to my girlfriend just broke up with me. What do I do? And yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's the consultant and yeah, it's the, the entrepreneurial side of things and the educator side, but, there's a lot of this where it's, it's built a relationship where they just need that outlet. It's no offense to mom and dad. It just gives yeah. somebody a, a third party to talk to sure. who's going to give them advice or, you know, sometimes just to listen to them vent. And yeah. um, it comes down to just communicating yeah. in, in all facets, whether it's to answer your question, whether it's looking at what they're doing next, whether it's COVID as a whole, we've been telling students is if you thought you were good at communicating before, then 10 exit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Put it on steroids. Right. Right. Ask a lot of questions. Reach out to everybody you know. Think openly and, and ultimately communicate with yourself. Right. Know what you want. Know what makes again what makes you tick and, and have in some ways have those hard conversations with yourself so that yeah. you can figure what comes next. I love that you made the point about, you know, the the ego check for the student athlete and they're talking about, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm the best left wing in Schenectady. That's great, Tommy. So, you know, and we're talking about going to like the, the next level and, and playing hockey at, you know, um, you know, pick one, Rosalier, anywhere, right? You know, right, any, right. Any one of those. And, ho and, and hockey is its own ball of wax anyway, because then you Can throw I in juniors, you throw in repeat. Sure, sure. Yeah. And all that stuff. That's so, and, and like to your point, you know, you get to when you look at, the, the competition in the NFL, you think every player on the field was the best kid at their university. And mm -hmm. most of them played in Alabama, right? Like whatever, like everybody on that team, except for the one kid from Clemson, oh, well, went to Alabama, right? And they were all the best person <laughs> on that team. So the competition just gets so out of hand. And, and I always remember thinking, you know, as we were growing up and, uh, you know, in Massachusetts, like the, the you know, your, your class president, the number one student in your class is going to Harvard. You know what he is, he or she, when they get to Harvard, they're just another kid at Harvard, yeah. right? You're the, you're the wicked smartest kid 
in this room. And then there's like 15 more in the next room. And after that, and after that, so that I thought it was really funny that you brought that up. I do also do appreciate my son is involved with uh, lacrosse um, and Aaron's kids play sports. Uh, you know, my, my son playing lacrosse at the town level and um, he is at Cole Brown. And of course that's getting jacked up just because of COVID. Uh, you know, we, we identified pretty early that we wanted him to play on a club team as well. So he plays mm -hmm. the hooligans in New Hampshire. It's run yep. by Sean Houlihan, who carries a lot of the same tenants that you do, like the, the, the fit, you know, it's not about making sure that he goes to the best lacrosse school. And really Aiden's on a tipping point right now, because Catholic university it, um, is really uh, probably his top choice right now. We also know that Utah his mom wants a second home in Utah. I don't know if she's bringing me. And, and, and then the other thing is, you this know, is news. I haven't heard this. Well, because they're starting, they started a lacrosse program. Oh. I also just, I, I think honestly for him, the fit and speaking for him, cause he's not here. Um, I think the fit for him would be go to the school. That's really going to set up his future where, whether he, because honestly, and I want to get to this point of the conversation too. There's not a lot of money in lacrosse. Even the number one kid going to Duke like the full ride at Duke, like there's going to be one of those this year, you know, and I, and I know you could speak to this better than, but like, that's what we've heard from Sean and other people in the lacrosse, you know, arena that, that there's not a lot of money there. And we knew that. So I want him to go to the school that's going to suit his academic and his future business needs. And then where he could at the very least, at least walk on or play. And if he doesn't, that's not, I don't think that's an end all be all for him, you know, and student athlete is so important. You know, I think a lot of Absolutely. universities, they have a bunch of jocks on the field. You know, and like the you know their their second semester their senior year is like uh, class number one on Monday is stay out of jail, class number two on Tuesday is basket weaving, and class number three is stay out of jail, right? You know, and <laughs> and and then there's other schools where it's you know they're, they're actual student athletes, and that's important, and that must be a grind for you too, because some kids probably show up on your doorstep looking for their new iPhone, their Air Force Ones, and their gold chain, right? They want to be it, the next big thing. That that happens a lot, for yeah. sure. Absolutely, it happens a lot. And and again, you just taper them down to what fits them. Yeah. And and sometimes they they're not even well. The hardest thing of why they question it and why they're kind of confused by it is just because they don't know themselves. They've they've never had someone so sit them down and review it and say, okay, here's here's your direction and here's why. Um, the flip to that whole thought process too, or I mean, not the flip, but the, just the added thought process is, you know, once you go to a school, it's all in what you make it just like anything else in life. It's all a hundred percent in what you put into it. And so, you know, the, the Super Bowl come up is, is a great example. Um, they always, what's today? Today's Wednesday by like Friday, mm -hmm. if it hasn't come out already, somebody will put out the report of here's the colleges that all these guys went to check it mm -hmm. out. And sure, a lot of them are big D1 FBS, so the bowl subdivision. Yep. Rising. Sure, awesome. But what's always surprising to people is, is there's going to be half, sometimes more than half, depends on the year, that are Division two, Division three, which is some Bemidji guys. State, it's, great school. It's kind of mind-blowing. You know, Mount Union in Ohio, yeah. Yeah. you know, who, yeah. who's had some phenomenal pro athletes come out of and that that I, I always hang my hat on that to kind of point to that and go see it's all in what you make it yep. and it come, you know because you're going to have your chances you're you can be a big fish in a small pond but you got to be able to get there first and foremost if that's important if playing a sport say football if that's important to you then do what you can to get on the field 
somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Chisel away. Get to where you think, all right, cool, I'm, I'm here. I'm in a safety zone or even as a safety, as people will refer to it, right, when they're looking at their admissions. Sure. And then build up from there. Yep. And if, if that's the, the love of your life is to be on the football field, if you get to that spot, you can apply everything you learned and you shine, you may get an opportunity to go play at the next level. Right. Yeah. Because Belichick loves Kent State and Hofstra. Like, you know, (laughs) Belichick's going to recruit. If you're working at a grocery store, if you're at Roaches right now, he may grab you out of the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking for the next Tom Brady. Our next quarterback might be coming from Roaches. Yes. Yeah. Roach brother, I, I, should say. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I had this conversation with my sister the other day, literally like <laughs> the reason we put kids into youth sports, I hope is not with the intention that they're going to play professionally at some right. point. Right? right. I coach 10. Well, right now we have eight girls and we're all in quarantine right now because of COVID. Um, but I coach basketball and I have for years and I, think that when she stands up chad she's six eight just so you know go ahead i'm not uh i didn't even play basketball i understand the game and (laughs) i'm a pretty good coach around um how to be on a team and get your head where it needs to be all that stuff Mm. my other coach actually teaches the technicals of the game i teach how to be an athlete like and how to be a team member and all that stuff yeah um but regardless those girls are there to learn how to be a, a teammate, how to be a good a better person, person. Yeah. how to deal with 100%. adversity, right? Yeah. Like when, like, I feel like the head game is so important. And it, especially if you're living in a, a situation where you're, you're not ever in danger of not being able to eat your home mm. is secure. Like if you mm. live a very cushy life, sports is a great way to have some adversity thrown at you. Mm. Like when I was a teacher, um, I was a school teacher and my good friends, a counselor, we'd be like every now and then, like, we're, we're just throwing some stuff at you guys. Cause your lives are too easy, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> we're going to mess with you a little because you need to figure out how to deal with hard things. Cause grown up real life has a lot of hard stuff in it. And right. sports is a great way to learn that. So I'm hoping that people are not just putting their kids in, like, I'm going to get a scholarship and I'm going right. to be a pro- professional athlete. Like there's so much more to being an athlete than that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Just, no, I, well, well, I think, I think a lot of parents live vicariously through their kids, you know, I mean, that yeah. would, I'm sure Chad sees that three times. Yeah, that, I was just going to ask that, like, do you see that, like, where parents are like, I mean, I know I've had kids when I tutored SAT, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, um, she's struggling, like, why are we pushing her to this school that she's mm. going to be really unhappy at, right, because right. Right. The expectations are not in alignment with who your kid is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How often do you have the wellness check where you're like looking at the student athlete and you're like, if you're nervous, blink twice, Tim, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Are you in a room and you clearly know that dad wants him to go to Bama? He doesn't want to go to Bama or uh, something like that. There's, there's, man, I, I'm going to unbox that for a second. So uh, as far as, um, parents living vicariously through their kids or mm. as far as the, Ooh, little Johnny's going to go pro tomorrow. You know, forget college. He's just going to get drafted at 14. Um, 
that's that number i will say that that number's come down i mean it's come down certainly in the last seven years that i've been doing this officially mm-hmm. it's come down even from when i was in college and just after and i think that there's something about the world we live in with all the information and with everything that gets thrown around where you know if if highlights are shared or if various insights are recruiting clemson and Dabo's got X guys coming in and okay, yeah. here's, here's their numbers. Of course, the internet's a gift and a curse. It's, it's good for a lot of things. It's shitty for others. Um, yes. but, but it's brought us together. Hey, we're here. Yeah. But I, think, I think what it's done in time, and, and I don't know this with certainty, but it, it would make a whole heck of a lot of sense is where people are like, oh shit. Yeah, that may not happen. Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they have the pictures of, um, you know, all those, the, the, the Alabama running backs of the wide receivers who are phenomenal skill players. They're, they're, they're beasts physically um, really just at the top of their games mm. from a football perspective. Sure. And then guys get to see that. And in comparison and just go, Oh wait, maybe. And they kind of check themselves off of that ledge, mm. which is kind of good. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and again, I, I'm seeing more and more of that even just in the last five to seven years, because all of that information is available to them yeah and and again my biggest thing is i never want to 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 completely poo-poo or have a young man or a young lady be negative about a process because again if if you you want to still have some of those dream schools and those aspirations and that stuff to shoot for but you want to do it in a coherent and kind of a cognitive way where it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense and knowing that there's going to be work involved and as a student and as an athlete. And, you know, probably the biggest thing I tell all my students is that being a student athlete, D1 to D3, NAIA, you name it, it's a full-time job. Yeah. You will get up at 5.30 in the morning. You will go to practice. Yes. You will eat breakfast with the team, not when you want to, with them. You will go to study hall. You will go to English, math, science. You're not not the average college student. Correct. And so, you know, to have... Mm -hmm a set of those reach schools, which even if they're not student athletes, mm. students themselves will have their reach schools, right? The, the ones that are challenging yeah. to them that they, sure. that, that North star or those set of North stars that they want to aim for, but to do it in such a way where there's logic behind it. And then you're able to drive them and develop them as people to where it's like, yep, cool. If I get the chance, I promise you, Mr. D I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to work my butt off. And then too, what's good for me come away from that is they're, they're not just thinking it's going to flip a light switch and mm. they're going to be there on draft day in the fourth round. It's no, there's blood, sweat and tears. And a lot of all of the above that are going to go into what this next couple of years for me looks like. And then all of those things considered in time. And it kind of comes full circle. What I said is they recognize then is no, I got to go to a place that really will allow me to grow as a person, grow as an athlete, grow as a student, and then I'll get my shot and I'm doing it in the best way for me. The the other side of that mindset and kind of unboxing that is in COVID with, you know, some of the changes, well, not some, all of the changes that are happening. I mean, I I think the recruiting outlook on things changes every 48 to 72 hours. Um, And I get a lot of reports from, uh, and Tim, I think I mentioned the other day, I I get reports from like, like Ohio state on some of the COVID stuff or, I'm right down the street from Quinnipiac. And, and so I'll, I'll see a lot of the things coming out of there. Um, the biggest thing above all of that 
is the world in which student athletes aren't able to play sports. Right. And forget college, forget what mm-hmm. comes next. Yeah. And this is probably a whole separate conversation, but just the, the, the depression and, and the fact that they can't see their friends yeah. and yeah. some of the stuff you were talking about, Aaron, the camaraderie is not there. The leadership mm-hmm. isn't there. The working together isn't there. And that's the part that, you know, we're all kind of working through even to this day, Co- forget college, just in the day to day. That's the stuff where I, I have seen more and more students who talked to a student late last night, you know, oh, all I did, Mr. D for football was seven on seven. And he, he started getting upset on the phone, seven on seven. You, you did something, man. Right. You, right. You, you got on the field when mm. other guys and girls couldn't. Mm. Right. Oh, but it wasn't what I anticipated. And then the tears start to come because then it, which is a good segue into, oh, but I'm not going to get recruited now. Coaches aren't going to see me. And we start talking about the different tactics and the different ways to be seen. And sure, that's very next level stuff of, oh, how do I get there? But it's a couple times a day and it's unfortunate where it's like, I'm upset because I can't play the, the sport I love. And for some of them, it's not about the sport per se. It's just an outlet and an opportunity to get along with their friends. Yeah. That's, that's pains me very much yeah. so. Yeah. Well, and they didn't get, um, so my oldest plays basketball and Rose crew and like, she didn't even have a crew season, but there was no, um, it was no like in your mind, like, oh, there's not going to be a crew season, right? Or my season, there's not going to be, I'm, this is my last time playing basketball. Like there was, and I, that's what I think about for older players, right? Like mm. it just was over. Like right. there was, right? It's not like when you're, you know, if you're a senior or you're going into your senior year, you're like, I'm going to really pay attention this season because this is my last season with my team right. and I'm really going to be present, right? These kids didn't get that opportunity. Right. And that's the, um, I think that's the thing that's so heartbreaking about mm-hmm. it is just that they, you know, it's a mourning, it's a sudden loss, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a great it is a morning. I, I might borrow that, steal that from <laughs> it's you. Yours. No, but that's a that's a that is a great way to, to, to consider it. And and not just sports, but everything, you know, right. seniors not not yeah. going to proms and, and not having their senior weeks, which I don't even remember. Like, I don't think it made a dent in what I did. Um, but I know that that means a lot to, to kids. Mm. Right. And yeah. maybe the, as juniors, they see what you know, senior skip week or whatever, every school call it something different or prom yeah. or all that. They I, I call it junior skip year, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, <laughs> the stay home with your mom year. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play hooky all 365 yeah. days this year. Don't it worry was about close. It. it was good. Uh, yeah. Check with, check with Cheryl Lindsay. She'll tell you the story. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's, that's the, that's again, that's been the toughest and, and we do see more and more of that. Um, there's an added wrinkle now just in the last, oh, well, well, really from the fall to now, um, mm-hmm. where there's a silver lining for some of the college athletes where the conditions to it, they're mm-hmm. allowed to rework their eligibility so that they can have that. I was going to ask year, you about that. Right. And, and I'll just give it the blanket statement because there's data and numbers and checking off varying aspects Time. of yeah. why and how and, ooh, does this work? There are in, in varying ways and a, a multiple of school, multitude of schools, this option of, yeah, you can stick around. 
The other thing that that's done is um, not a direct playoff of that, but the, the transfer portal. So then it's opening up different schools where, you know, um, you know, a guy's at, or a girl's at Michigan and she wants to transfer and now she's at Auburn for whatever reason, maybe closer to home, maybe they thought about going to grad school there anyway. And so yeah. it just was a shift that made sense. So that's great at its core. And, and that's a relief for some of the seniors and some of the juniors that will be walking into those uh, roles in the coming months. But what it's done is, and we haven't, we we're just touching the iceberg. We rhetorically speaking, the whole sports mm. and recruiting world we're just at the tip of the iceberg as far as what that's doing to the high school students, because now it's a trickle down effect. Right. You know, right. Th- this, this roster now, yeah. you know, like tennis, tennis teams may only have two to three spots anyway that's, in yeah. a given year. That's open. About that the other day. Yeah. And now everybody's yeah. waiting for the next train. Yep. And, and so now the, and the train is just getting botched completely. Yeah. It's, People are waiting all around <laughs> the station and people are missing their trains in essence, because of the way this is getting jammed up. Um, hmm. And so it's, it's, that's tough now. Yeah. Um, and again, a lot of the ways in which we're working with our students is, is again, it comes down to communicating at, at the highest level. Um, that, that's one of the biggest changes. Uh, the second one is, is the lack of practices, lack of games, lack of showcases, lack of mm. combines, lack of attention. Um, and then the third one, which is if they're not practicing and playing, a lot of them kind of miss out on it anyway, but a, mm. a lot of the recruiting dates are changing as well. Mm. Um, so what's an active recruiting period? What's a dead period? What's a quiet period? And the NCAA, especially at the the height of the pandemic, I like to think we're on the back end of the pandemic. Oh my God! Coming please. from <laughs> co- coming from a guy that had COVID, still, still, like, it's yeah, we haven't even gone body, there yet. Yeah, um, it's still, it's still kicking around. I know this somewhere. is. By the way, everyone, this is chat at ninety percent. So we're gonna have you back when you're at one hundred and two. It's gonna yeah. be great. Yeah, this is. Uh, I've just gonna say this has gone i think pretty well considering how i for feel sure. not gonna lie to you for um sure. <laughs> uh thanks for that tim no but where was i even going with that now oh that just th- those dates and and the accessibility and the availability of coaches and recruiters yeah. and coordinators to communicate with students hmm. has been so jumbled i made the comment before where things seem to change on the daily that's probably the biggest marker is for different schools, programs, divisions, things are shifting with the wind. Um, And yeah, for safety's sake, at the height of, that's where I was going, at the height of COVID, that's where it was for safety's sake. You know, certain states you couldn't go into, the CDC said no, different states are putting their walls up and their guard up, fine. But a lot of that just meant that recruiting happened almost minimal. And it was all virtual, all recorded, all um, communicating over the web, which is fantastic. But a lot of students were like, what the hell? And a lot of coaches who um, maybe around the older generation were then, what the hell? So both sides didn't really know. And and so there's been a lot of the silver lining in that is, is I think that there's an ease of use now in terms of some of the, the communications. 
Mm. Um, again, we've worked with some of our student athletes on, on two or three different tactics to take to kind of showcase themselves in a different light. Yep. Um, and, and the coaches are kind of, it's, it's, it's growing on them a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it, especially the schools with the lesser budgets uh, who, who can't travel the country or go to different showcases to now have zoom calls and, and have, you know, Google meets and all those types of connections with guys and girls, even before they step on a plane or on a bus to go visit, who knows who, Yeah, this is affording them that option to, to really spread their wings, cast a wide net, see what's out there, connect, communicate, and then have a, a more finite understanding of who they're looking for and then who they're talking to, which then they can travel out to go see. It's going to be a, a whole cottage industry for someone, maybe even yourself, to start to put together these production packages for these kids to showcase themselves to the coaches remotely, right? I, and I'm thinking this week, God bless Gronk, only Gronk would do this, that the news hit that the Bucks in the offseason were asking him to send in his sprints remotely. So what he would do, because he's Gronk, he would do all of his sprint work in one day and just change his T-shirt and then invariably send in the new video over the course of the week. So it looked like he was doing it on a different day, which if somebody in the IT department in Tampa Bay was smart enough they would look at there's 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 data like the on the back stamp, of those videos yeah. that would have a time stamp but like yeah. clearly you know if you've met well that's bruce you, arian's you know, not that smart there i said it although i still want them to win because i don't like patrick <laughs> mahomes we don't have time go ahead oh okay. uh, i knew well, you said kc so i know that you're a chiefs fan already so sorry yeah yes i'm i'm i don't want that to happen go ahead <laughs> no but i still like if we just think about just gronk playing with the tapes right <laughs> If he's smart enough to do it, manipulate, so, I manipulated the system. I, I mean, honestly, as a, as a coach of like a local kids team, my kids are in such bad shape. <laughs> honestly, like how many kids are not doing the workouts that they would have been doing. And like, like that whole compound effect of like, now you have so much ground to make up because you haven't been working out at this level. Oh yeah. You know, I had kids, kids that exer- like played on travel teams six days a week that haven't been doing that. And now I'm like, oh, we're going to have to run them. Like, you, girls, <laughs> yeah. you got to run because yeah. you can't make it through an eight-minute quarter. Like, yeah. and I, I'm like, if this is happening to my 12-year-olds, what's happening to these older athletes that are not able to get into the gym and what is that going to do their eligibility? What's going to happen to them when they get there and they're not ready to play? Like I, these are the things that we talk about in my house. And, and for them too, forget even playing. It's just getting there. It's, it's yeah. being able to step foot if it's volleyball on the court, on the grass, on the field. And yep. so when we're somewhere along the early stages of our onboarding process, uh, it's when we know that the student athlete is going to, is going to join, going to sign on, um, essentially become part of our client roster we'll start talking about different ways and it's great for the podcast. It's great when, when people watch this and have playback and go, Oh, what did he say about that? Where we have three different types of video that we're looking for, for Mm -hmm. these guys and girls to put forth. And we'll ask, oftentimes it's me. What, what type of playing shape are you in? What type of training are you doing? What type of work are you putting in, in the gym, in your backyard, you know, irregardless of the snow, in your basement, what are you doing to prepare yourself? And it right. goes back to what I said, where if you're going to do this and take it seriously, it becomes a job. 
right? If it's, if it's your goal and your dream and you're telling me, oh, Mr. D, I'm going to go to the NFL someday, show me, yeah, show yourself, cool. cool, right? And so what we'll do is from a something that we had done, I, I mean, I've asked for these types of videos five years running, six years running, but it's been a huge, huge benefit just in the last six to 10 months because coaches will call us and go, this was phenomenal. You know, thank you for this. It helped us to really get to understand who he or she is and to see a little bit more that we wouldn't have otherwise seen. So the first thing is, so in football, it's a huddle highlight. You can do this for basketball, volleyball, different things like that. Essentially it's the highlight reel, right? And so the young man just yesterday, uh, I only have seven on seven. I have two games. Again, you have, that's two better than somebody else has, right? So package that up, let's go. The second thing is, and, and why we talk about, hey, if you're going to do this and you're serious about it, get into training. Really, we say, oh, it'll be a full-time job in college, yeah. and you're going to make it maybe a full-time job. That's your goal. That's your dream, right, in the pros, if, if and when, given the minuscule percentage. Take that as it is right now. Take it that it's your job right now, especially in COVID. You're doing remote work in school. You know, your, your day ends on a Wednesday at 1.30. You shut off your computer. You're done with Zoom. Go work out. Why? Mm. Because then that second video is training videos, whether it's mom or dad, a sibling, a workout partner, of course, COVID safe, masks on and six feet distance. But a lot of, well, every sport will have a set of skills that coaches are looking for that they'd be looking for on those game tapes that now they can look at in the training tape. So for football players, we have a lot of the guys do basically mimic what an NFL combine or what a college combine would look like. It's my favorite thing to watch. Bench squats. It is. For some of the combines, I love the combine. I like when Rich Eisen always does, he always does his run in the combine is always. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But to take those attributes of those events, of those showcases, and okay, so you can't go to a showcase uh, so Wesleyan University here in Connecticut does a showcase in a camp mm-hmm. every May um, that didn't end. So a lot of the guys that we had on our roster roster who were going to do that were like, sure. go do those same things just in your backyard with mom and dad. I'll drive to wherever you are and we'll just go do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, core work, footwork, strength, speed, stamina, all of that stuff. Again, you're not just throwing stuff at a wall and saying, what oh, sticks, but putting it together in a way that's cohesive and makes sense and is showing, not just showing, of course you want to show your best, but yeah. showing that you're demonstrating an interest of, yeah, heck yes, this is what I want to do. This is how serious I am about it. Here you go. That's video number two. And then the third one, which a lot of folks think I'm crazy when I say it, but coaches love it and schools love it. And especially the administ- administrative admissions offices love it is have somebody take their phone and film themselves. Hi, my name is Chad. I'm from, I'm interested in you going to your school. Yes, as a football player. Yes, as a volleyball player. Yes, as a basketball player. But I know that you have a fantastic engineering department, right. X, Y, and Z. I love to intern with so-and-so. I want to learn under this professor. And that's providing a ton of value. Sure, it's providing a ton of value to the school, to the coach, the administrator, to the admissions team, because then they see like, holy shit, yeah, this this spoke, this guy, this girl. knows more about has, us than just the football team. He right? thought it out. They've done their homework. Yeah. But then there's value in that for the student as well, because just in going through that practice, they learn again, comes back around. Is this really a fit for you? Right. And that's something that colleges weren't used to seeing it until the last, I don't know, year or so. 
but we've had our students do that and you know push that out a lot those three bits of film if you will are hugely valuable in these days because it's just layers of attention that they wouldn't have otherwise had and instead of sitting back on the heels and going oh shit i don't know what to do yeah let's figure it out here's a couple yeah. ways you can do it it's yeah. something you can take action on which is you know sure. i think right now that's the big thing right we feel like there's so much we can't take action on so to have actual things that we can do um for the future is probably pretty empowering for the kids i would think well and it's absolutely, comprehensive absolutely it's comprehensive too because if you get that like the the kid that fights his way onto the field he or she gets onto the field and they start and they in the back of their mind, they're like, don't really love the campus. They don't really have my major and I'm starting. They're going to grow weary of that pretty quick, especially then when, especially right now, if a kid was in the wrong, in the wrong school system or, or chose the wrong university um, or thought they were making the right choice. And then COVID strips them of sports. Right. You right. find out pretty quick, like, oh, this wasn't my jam, you know? Um, and mm -hmm. that's, that's got to be a struggle. So you touched upon earlier, Chad, that, you know, you do help kids just scholastically approach universities. What would you say the mix is for you? Um, in the course of a year, how many student athletes do you work with uh, or slash students slash student athletes do you work with? And what would you say is the, the mix of that group? How many are, how many are there just simply scholastically pursuing the university? It's, it depends on the year, but it's, it's about 60, 40 or 70, 30. Wow. More, more often than not, 70-30, where 70% 70 are the athlete side of things. Okay. Awesome. Yep. And what would you say is the, the sport that you probably lean into the most? You end up, it ends up on your plate the most. Oh, goodness. Um, again, it depends on the year. So like this year, well, this academic year, I can't say this year. It's mm. a week in, or a month and three days, so forget <laughs> that. But this, this academic year has been predominantly men's and women's soccer, mm. uh, men's and women's basketball, and football. So football always tends to come back around. Sure. Um, we've had a stack of baseball players. I was a hockey player myself um, in, in and around the state of Connecticut. I'll be able to connect with a lot of coaches and, and players who, you know, that, that it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, you know, some years there's a, a ton of them for whatever reason. Um, and then others, not so much. So this year, again, it's, it's always a mix, but a lot of soccer players this year. You, you've, offered uh, uh so much information today i guess you know if if i'm a, a student athlete or i'm a parent and uh i get to ask um young chad dorman and now this chad dorman you know uh the, don't do that like what is your advice on the thing that they're maybe about to do because you know that they're just stepping into this conversation don't do that like what would you tell uh that that young family with the young student athlete that's starting to pursue this conversation um, mm -hmm. one of the most common pitfalls you see families run into that they could avoid? I would say to, to not limit yourself and, and to not put yourself, not to pigeonhole yourself, right? Mm. Um, because again, yeah, you want to find the places that fit you best, but to, to open up your eyes and, and open up, in turn, open up your experience mm. to different schools that fit you. And so as an athlete, you heard me say like, just because they're not playing on Saturday afternoon doesn't mean yeah. it's not a spot for you. Yeah. yeah, I get it. You know, you may want to be uh, in New England, but there may be a school in the South that works for you for, for whatever reason. And not just with schools, but with, with other things in general. Um, you know, I, I later in life 
was started learning, well, even business, right? MBA just on the fly or yeah. law school for a year in and out where there, I wish, and my parents did this and I'm, I'm sure I was like, yeah, no, dragged my feet all day long, but I should have tried different things and kind of tested everything mm. and just kind of bounced around as a younger guy. Yeah. yeah. I had hockey. That was my winter done end of story, but yeah. other sports or other things, things in the arts, uh, I should have definitely tried. So just to, to really go into, into life or go into every day, every week, every month, eyes wide open yeah. and accepting of what, what is out there, try new things and, um, encourage yourself to, to do just that and, and live. Yeah. I think, you know, Aaron and I talk about it quite a bit. I think that everything going on with COVID is going to change the course of the traditional journey for a student. You know, I think, I think people are going to start to explore, like you talked about earlier, you know, and, and you didn't use the term necessarily, but like you did some clerking, obviously that was, you said you got some massive experience doing some stuff, you know, in your, you know, in what you were studying at school at the same time, um, that was invaluable to you when it was outside of the classroom, you know, and, and taking right. those opportunities mm -hmm. to your point of, of getting that, you know, and this is kids just don't want to do it anymore. Um, you know, as, as I was coming up and, and, you know, my, one of my, my past careers in radio interning is just, it is what it is. Get, get it 0.0 dollars, you know, but yeah. <laughs> the knowledge that you gain is ridiculous, you know, and the opportunity yeah. to work with great people and just literally get a, arguably maybe even better education from them in your field than you were getting in the classroom, you know, right. it, it's, it's, it's real world experience to your point. So, um, and even off of that, the network, networking, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, networking was something that I didn't even think about until seven years ago, basically starting the business. And, mm. and even then it took me about two years to get into a flow of like, wait a minute, I should call these people and connect and, <laughs> and, you know, looking at different partners and things. So now being able to connect with wellness professionals and nutritionists and all that stuff, but yeah. pushing high school students to think about internships and jobs and what comes next and kind of collecting a network as well is, is a huge thing that I, I wish more younger people did because it'll suit them very, very well as they move forward. They'll always have yeah. people or background knowledge or uh, something to lean on and, mm. and it'll help them optimize who they are in the future for sure. Mm -hmm. Chad, thank you so much for your time. If yeah. somebody wants to get involved in a conversation with you, and utilize uh, your expertise, uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you and your team? They could just email me, chad at leonardandrew.com, L-E-O-N-A-R-D-A-N-D-R-E-W.com. My, that's for the, for those that wonder, because everybody asks me, so I'll say it anyway, that's, that's a, a cross between my grandfather's name and my dad's name. I was, Aww. I was going to ask. I love that. I love and, that. And, you know, seven years ago, it wasn't, it could have been college sports are us express, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and with that law ish one yeah. L year background, it, yeah. it kind of had that feel to it. And, and it just stuck, stuck as LAC, you know, in terms of like the brand into it now. Sure. Um, but yeah, shout out Leonard Andrew.com and, uh, and we'll go from there.
I love that it's got that family tie for you, yeah, right? That's I, awesome. I always joke with my kids when, you know, when you're going to school, whose name is on your back? And they're like, Lindsay. And I'm like, well, don't forget that's not daddy's name. That's Grampy's name, right? Like, so, you know, always reminding them that they're right. carrying, they're carrying the weight of generations on their shoulders. So Absolutely. we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, we're we definitely going to corral you back in because there's so <laughs> much more to talk Please. about. And I think this conversation is obviously going to morph over time with, uh, you know, the 13th version of the ninth variant of COVID-38 or whatever's coming next. I'm sure uh, as it's affecting all industries, uh, it's definitely going to change uh, what you're doing. Um, massive value that you bring to the student athlete. And we really appreciate your time. Um, Chad Dorman, LeonardAndrew.com. If you're going to find out more about him and Chad at LeonardAndrew.com, if you want to track him down and start to move in the right direction for your student athletes or just your students who want to go to the right university. Yeah. Dad, just, again, just kiddos that want to go to college, right? Yeah. I want to be wicked smarter somewhere else further <laughs> away from my parents. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Chad. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye.